This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and social media are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. Nothing happens in a small town. So today's episode is a, a suggestion from our dear friend, John Hausner. Hey, John. Thank and, you. Uh, so I was thinking about this the other day, you know, um, so Tara and I have been really close and Shannon's my friend from Omaha and Tara's met her and we ended up spending a fun field weekend together <laughs> and um we also went to their wedding yes in vegas yes um but out of that weekend came the three of us having <laughs> um nicknames yes we're the bitches yes <laughs> and let's see so i think i was selfish bitch mm-hmm. um I'm trying to remember. You were greedy, bitch. No. No. She's greedy, bitch. I thought she was vain, bitch. She is vain, bitch. No, you're greedy. I'm selfish. I'm greedy. That's right. I'm selfish. You're greedy. Okay. Because, see, I'm selfish because I don't have children and all those other things. Yes. That's right. It's from a family thing. I'm greedy because... You actually expected things out of your marriage? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that didn't didn't last. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that was fun. Yes. Um, that was an interesting weekend because I also had a bizarre migraine in the middle of it. Oh, slash, yeah. yeah, it was a weird weekend. Yeah. It's a very strange weekend. She has lovely dogs. She does. Though, of course, well, the poochies that I met are no longer with us. Right. Poor we miss, fur babies. Yeah. Miss Bailey and Gracie. Yes. They were... Adorable. Gracie loved me. Yes, she did. <laughs> she thought I was the best visitor ever. <laughs> That's random, those things you think of. Yeah, yeah. no. Yes, That's... I'm selfish. You remember the lovely letter I got from my mother? Right. That's right. where that came from. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that weekend we were actually going to court for my divorce. And yeah, so I was the greedy bitch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And just because she likes to look nice. Yes. Shannon's vain. Yes. She is not. No. <laughs> not at all. I have met vain people. I would not put her in that same grouping. No. No. And I don't think I have like a major... I wouldn't call you greedy in no. any way. <laughs> and I wouldn't call you selfish in any way. I know. So. Apparently I am. <laughs> but I guess it's in the eye of the beholder. That is true. Yeah, that is true. But we had fun with it. Yes, know. we did. Well, because you have to. When when people are slinging mean terms at you and you're dealing with something really unpleasant. I've never been divorced. I don't suggest it. It's super unfun. Yeah. Just being in the same room and trying to be supportive. Yeah. It was not, it was not the best time in my life, but, no. you know. But you know what? You're doing really well now, and I'm so glad yeah. you're out of that situation. Yeah. Definitely better. And I found a great man who's <laughs> my partner and makes Everything. me laugh every day. So. And there you go. Yep. Yeah. You know, we, you know, love is an interesting thing. Not all love is meant to last. Yeah. That's how it goes. But it's... friendships, I'm telling you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I've been... Very lucky in the friendship world, for sure. <laughs> and the Hausners are awesome. Miss yes. them. Omaha. Yes. Interesting town. I didn't spend a heck of a lot of time in it when I was actually living there. <laughs> Thanks to the military. Yeah. Just tell me when it isn't windy, okay? Just don't tell me it's windy. That's a given. Tell me when it isn't windy. Yeah. Yeah. Gale force wind? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, a tornado. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about that. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have we have um, our guest again today. Dylan yes. is hanging, hanging out. in the room with us. So if you hear pitter patter of feet or little barks or stuff, stuff, you know, that's just Dylan. He's he's sniffing around everything right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, baby. <laughs> he's a good dog, even if he is a little bit of a psycho sometimes. Yeah, look at his mother. <laughs> <laughs> no. I wouldn't call you a psycho. I'm not normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, define normal. Here we go with definitions again. True. What is a town? At least, you know, this is our first international episode. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you. They actually have, I, I didn't go into the specifics because actually I went down a really bizarre long, um, I went down, a you know, me and my rabbit holes about towns. There are actual definitions over there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I didn't get into all the, it's like, oh, wow, look at all these stats about Bavaria. Maybe, maybe I don't need to go there this time. <laughs> More go into it. What the heck does that mean? Yeah. There's a few of those. Yeah. So, today we are talking about the Hinterkaifeck murders, and this happened in 1922. So, just a few years ago. So, Kaifeck is in southern Germany. Uh, Hinter means behind. So, Hinterkaifeck was a farmstead half a mile behind Kaifeck, built around 1863, and it was home to 35-year-old Victoria Gabriel and her two children, seven years old, Kazia, Kazia? No, Kaz- Katsilia. Katsilia. Sorry. Okay. It's it's a weird name because this is how I would pronounce it as a German, uh, in German looking at the word. Okay. Don't know what the hell it means though. Yeah. Never seen this as a name. I, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time in Bavaria, but I mean, Bavaria and where I lived in Austria are pretty, mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're actually pretty close in connections. So, but yeah, Katsilia. And it's Victoria Gabriel. Yay. Gabriel. And yeah, just remember the German pronunciations. Yeah, it doesn't it's been matter. A while. <laughs> you don't have to. You can say Victoria Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, two year old Joseph. And her elderly parents lived with them as well Andreas and Katzelia Gruber. And of course, I think Hans Gruber. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Die hard. So the family really, they kept to themselves. They weren't very neighborly. Um, They kind of were a lot of gossip just because the family was very much, you know, they stuck to themselves and they didn't really socialize a lot. Which is odd. I mean, I lived on actually a Bauernhof when I was in Austria and it was just a little group of three little Bauernhäuser in one house where I lived. And yeah, you always talked, but you also had your nice little compound. Now theirs was a little more open than mine. Ours was literally, it was a closed off compound if you closed all the doors. Mm -hmm. But yeah, looking at the pictures and stuff, that's not, that's pretty traditional for Bavaria. Um, The barn is attached to the house. Mm -hmm. and that way you can get to the animals in the winter right so um but being keeping to themselves is not normal of farmers you share seeds you share information right just everything like you have cows i have chickens you want eggs and can barter and all that other fun stuff Mm -hmm. yeah so this family they were kind of different just in that they did kind of stick to themselves they didn't really socialize um, they did go to church. They did, you know, the kids went to school. Victoria yeah. was um, a member of the choir. Right. So, I mean, they did participate some, but, you know, I think because they they did kind of stick more to themselves, they were kind of considered strange and unusual. Right. And I didn't get a full sense of ownership. Yeah, it was built in 1863, but who, where did this farm pass from and to? Right. Was this through Victoria's husband? Because, yeah. And you just, I kind of think it may have been. It probably was. But. It was kind of, um, at least in everything I read, it was insinuated that it was her property. And her parents were living with her. Yeah. Correct. That's, that's where, what I thought, too, as I was looking through all the links and stuff. I was like trying to tease that out and I couldn't figure out exactly when her husband passed and other things it's like well okay yeah there are things that even you know trying to search the German sites I wasn't getting very far right and so her husband did 
Um, he died in World War One. We're not sure when exactly. I couldn't find any information right. on that. Just that he died in France. Correct. And it was sometime between 1914 and 1918. Right. <laughs> because that would be when World War One happened. Yes. So, on April 1st, 1922, people noticed that something was wrong. Because Katzelia, the young the younger Katzelia, uh, she missed school. And that was very unlike her to not be in school. And also on April 1st, two men stopped at the farm. They were selling coffee. They did not see anyone. No one answered the door when they knocked. And then um, the family missed church. And since Victoria was in the choir, choir. that was uncommon. So Katzelia missed school again on April 3rd. So, my guess is the first was a Saturday, Sunday was the second, and the third was a Monday. Because over yeah. there, again, I can't speak for 1922. Right. But when I lived in Austria, we had um, like a shortened day on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you scheduled yourself right, because it was kind of, especially in high school, it's more like junior, it's more like a junior college. Yeah. You might have Saturdays off, but right. that was my guess. And they also noticed that mail was piling up at the post office. So definitely, you know, people started to notice, okay, something's wrong with this family. On April 4th, Albert Hoffner, he was an assembler. He went to the farm to repair an engine. He waited an hour, didn't see anybody. Nobody was milling about, which is kind of uncommon. But then he went ahead and completed the repair in four and a half hours. So in four and a half hours, he, he sees no anybody. One. Yeah, I was looking up what the engine was, and I was like, I don't know what that is for a machine. Yeah. <laughs> the, the name didn't mean anything to me. Right. And so that's just kind of odd. And the other a thrasher, interesting thing is that he was... He, he wasn't, wasn't even interviewed, interviewed until 11 years after this. Yeah, I tried looking into the initial, like cops as well and i end up just finding like uh there have been a couple of shows that have um depicted what they think happened during it but they didn't go off of a lot of real information so i don't i couldn't find any specific information on the and i'm guessing that specifics may have been lost by this couple another world war happened Germany may have lost a lot of stuff weird stuff later on too (laughs) um but Around 3.30 p.m. on April 4th, some of the neighbors began searching. Uh, Lorenz Schlittenbauer, a farmer who lived nearby, he was the leader of the the search. And he came across four bodies found in the barn. So Victoria, Katzelia, the daughter, uh, Andreas, and Katzelia, the the grandmother, were all found in the barn. Maria Baumgartner, who was a maid for the family, and she just moved in. Like she just started work like the day the Saturday before or the day before. I don't know. So it would have been like a um probably would have been March. March twenty ninth or something. So you know my birthday I don't remember. Right. (laughs) So it would have been like around sometime late March where she moved in to start taking care of Joseph and being a housekeeper. So um she and Joseph were found in the house. So they were murdered and very shortly I'll go into the details of the murder, which is Yeah, this is kind of interesting. Wow. So Anyhow, so of course, me being me, I, where the heck is Kaifik? It's like, well, Kaifik no longer exists. And my assumption is the word itself was either a family name of a lord. Think of this area as being like dri- divided up by like principalities and stuff like that. Lords, princes, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be just an old German meeting that's lost now because there's a lot of words over there. You're like, this means something. You're like, well, it's not in a dictionary. Yeah. And when you Wikipedia, it doesn't tell you anything either. So Sorry, Kaifik, we don't know what you are, but you're no longer. Yes. Um, it's about 70 kilometers north of Munich, which people have heard of, and it's modern-day Weidhofen. Like, okay, so cool. What the heck is a Weidhofen? Well, it's a municipality. Those are, like, there's actual, like, 
nomenclature here and stuff like that but i think it's safe to assume it's still largely farmland i actually did google it and it's a nice little like town nice long little town in a valley with farmland all around it and looks nicely hilly and pretty nice um and i'm like okay so weidhofen hof or bauenhof is a farm farmstead and Weide, spelled with an E, is either a willow or pasture land. With an A, there is no real word, so, you know, while it's not quite the same, I'll just go with it being a colloquial spelling, because it could also be like Wald, like something in the middle. Wald is a forest, Weide is a pasture land, and I guess there was a forest not far yes. away. So maybe that's where Weide, Weidehofen comes from instead of Weide. Yeah, yeah. whatever. But thanks. Because yeah. I like to find out where things come from. And a lot of times when you're dealing with Europe, a lot of the names of places mean something. Right. <laughs> but anyhow, so it's it's a cute little town. Um, it looks really nice. I th- wouldn't mind visiting someday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, that didn't go very far um, because there just isn't a lot unless you want to just go into statistic world, which is what I found when I was trying to Google a little bit further into what is the municipality and blah, 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 blah. blah. That's a certain base area because it actually does include kind of like a uh, township here in the United States would be like in Crownsville. It didn't really have a central area, but you have the whole area around of it that's that's considered part of the town instead of there being like, oh, the pasture land areas belong to themselves. Anyhow, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I got into lots of stats and I'm like, yeah, stats are boring. So... <laughs> Let me see what the, when I looked at, well, how common is murder in Bavaria? Because we talk about this a lot when we talk about gun violence and death and this, that, and the other. Well, okay, the Google machines started with Hintakaifik. I'm like, probably because I already was looking for that. And then there were results from concentration camps. But really, when it comes to something newsworthy that ended up the Google machine catching it, you really only have a handful of, and they seem to all be children, Mm. abductions, murders, was the only thing I really got a good result on. Um, It was bizarre. It's like one of those, do I have to switch myself to the German Google again? I don't know. But... (laughs) Anyhow, I found um, five results uh, total, and they were encompassing the Hintakaifik, the concentration camp stuff, and then these three different things. The kidnapping of Ursula Herrmann. Um, she was a 10-year-old girl who disappeared on Tuesday, 15 September 1981, subsequently found dead in uh, mysterious circumstances. And as far as I can tell, that's still an unsolved miser- mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kailing double murder, um, March 24th, 2011, two sisters, 11-year-old Sharon and 8-year-old Chiara, um, were found dead by their mother and her partner at the, at her home in Kailing, Bavaria. One week later, their uncle, Thomas Selmeyer, was arrested on suspicion of murder based on the DNA profile, and in 2012, he was convicted and sentenced to life imprisonment. Then there was Peggy Knoblauch, or Knoblauch, but Knoblauch if you're from Kiwani, Illinois. It's mm-hmm. garlic. <laughs> I still remember when I learned. It's like, your name is garlic. <laughs> That's odd. Anyhow, uh, she was nine years old from Lichtenberg, Bavaria, and she was kidnapped and murdered on the 7th of May in 2001. She wasn't located for 15 years. Wow. Um, and it was near Würzbach. Uh, in 2020, investigators shelved the investigation of her murder without solving it. Some newspapers refer to her as the German Madeleine McCain. Mm. Uh, anyhow, but that was just one of those, huh, it's like I have to change how I search if I want to try to find more information on Germany. Yeah. It's weird. Well, I also wonder how much, again, we talked about this before it's like how much goes missing after world war ii also i think they have a lot more lockdown on information other than i mean really it's got to be sensational for the papers to print it they do not print the same way we do here in the states yeah so um back to the case and here we go with some of the oddities yeah. and it is brutal so just to oh, I like forewarn this guy's name. you Aumüller. <laughs> yeah. dr johann dr. baptiste Aumüller. he is the one who performed the autopsies and in I wrote, the barn in i wrote in all caps <laughs> brutal. brutal um so grandmother cat Katsilia. Katsilia. Yep. 
Um, she was 72 at the time, and she was strangled with seven blows to the head, one triangular-shaped, cracked skull, bruising above her right eye. I'm just making faces over here. Yeah, it's Ugh. bad. Andreas... He's the grandfather. He was 63. Mm. So I found that kind of interesting. She robbed the cradle. Yeah. Um, right half of his face was smashed. Cheekbones were protruding and flight, his flesh was shredded. His face was caked with blood. Wow. This is just awesome. And it gets better. Mm-hmm. Victoria, she was 35 at the time. She had nine star-shaped blows to the head, strangulation marks on her neck, right side of her face was smashed with a blunt object, small round injury from a pointed tool on her upper skull, and her skull was smashed. Lovely. Uh, Katsilia, seven years old, uh, her lower jaw was shattered. I mean, what kind of force would it take to shatter? A jaw? Jaws are pretty... um... Yeah, they're, they're pretty dense. Yeah. So, shattered. Mm-hmm. Cervical injury due to shock. Skull smashed. Neck with gaping hole. Right side of face had a circular wound. And her right hand held hairs. And they believe that she ripped out her own hair. She was still alive. She, well, not when they found her. Right. But they say she probably lived for several hours after the attack. And I would presume right. that would be the amount of blood. Yes. She probably, a serious amount of a sanguination there, plus the pulling out her own hair because she's probably going, die already. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. something. Take this away. Poor girl. Um, so Joseph, who was two, he had a heavy blow to the face. His bassinet was broken in the attack. Nice. Maria, the maid, she was 44 years old. She had crosswise blows to the head, one head wound four centimeters deep, and her face was crusted with blood. Granted, this is several days to be sitting there with blood, but yes. So (laughs) out of all these murders, Victoria and the younger Katsilia seem to have the worst um, and then grandmother Katsilia also was pretty bad. So it seemed like the three females in the in the family really got beaten and bruised the worst. And that to me is kind of interesting just because yeah, taking out the why why those three? You yeah. Know? Um, well, so, I mean, it doesn't take as much to kill a two year old, but right. Yeah. Grandpa sixty three. What's up with Andreas? Yeah, I think he would actually have gotten a lot of the. Right. Anger, considering some of the other stuff we know about him. Right. But no, it was it was the three women. And Maria didn't seem to get a lot either. Um, but they believe that a, a mattock was one of the tools. And, and I'll describe that later, because what the heck is a mattock? <laughs> Seriously, people. So, yeah. Let's use words. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it is a real thing. And it was believed to have been used with the elder Katsilia Andreas and Victoria. Which makes sense. They're larger, uh, more aggressive tool. Yeah. Once we describe it. So all the bodies have been covered. In the barn, they were covered with hay. And Maria was covered with a sheet, whereas um, Joseph was covered by a dress. Right. Um, And then farm animals were left alone, but they were fed. Even and the cows were days. milked. Because, you know, milked. if a cow isn't milked, the neighbors should have known if the cows were not milked. Yeah. So this is kind of where, you know, you get to that whole, could it have been a neighbor? Because they just kept on milking the cows to, well, you know. But there was also evidence that the killer ate meals and lit fires in the hearth. And so. even some of the neighbors mentioned they saw fire. So they figured they were still okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, is it a vagrant? Is it somebody who used to work on a farm? Mm-hmm. Is it one of your neighbors? Um, so a former maid was questioned and she told about hearing noises in the attic. She would hear footsteps in the attic. You know, she always felt watched. 
And she actually quit her job due to that feeling. She did not want to be there. She asked questions about it. She said she thought the place was haunted. Yes. When maybe, and I didn't get too too much farther into that, but I... Part of me went into that whole, well, if she thought it was haunted, did she see or think she saw right. the first husband? It could who's be. supposed to be dead. That would be, to me, that kind of like stuck. Well, yeah. maybe she thought it was, or maybe one of the kids said, oh, I saw Papa or something, you know? It's just mm-hmm. one of those, that's where my brain went, of course. But I didn't see any evidence in it in what we were reading, so. Right. So, vagrants or traveling men were ruled out because... Large sums of money were found inside the house. Also, uh, Andreas had mentioned to neighbors that he found a newspaper he did not buy. And a set of footprints led from the forest to the farmstead. Only one direction. And this was Andreas's account. He right. he saw footprints, footprints coming, to, coming to, but not leaving. Right. Because this um, was, well, it wasn't, I don't know if they would have... There would have been a potential for um, muddy footprints and or it's still April, maybe uh, late mm-hmm. snow. So one of the house's two keys also disappeared before the murder. So that's kind of. And like we said, we definitely know that this killer knew their way around a farm. Yes. If they were able to feed the animals, milk the cows. Uh, we're talking 1922. You're doing this this crap by hand, man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Milking so, a cow is not just squeeze and pull. <laughs> right. They knew they knew their way around a farm whoever did this. And they kept themselves hidden cuz you do I, I am definitely putting some uh weight on somebody was living there for a bit before. Yeah. Um but anyhow. So this murder weapon um they actually found it about a year afterward. The, they um, raised the farmstead about a year after the uh, murders, and actually less than a year. And during this investigation, um, they found the mattock hidden, hidden in the attic and a pen knife in the hay in the barn. Mm-hmm. Um, so what the heck is a mattock? I'm like, what is this? And I love it when you get a definition and you have to look up the next thing that they say. So it's a hand tool used for digging, prying, and chopping, similar to a pickaxe. It is a long handle and a stout head, which combines either a vertical axe blade with a horizontal adz, cuttermatic, or a pickaxe, or a pick and an adz, pickmatics. I'm like, okay. What the heck is an ads? Okay. Come on, y'all. What's up? <laughs> so apparently that is an ancient and versatile tool similar to an axe, but with the cutting edge perpendicular to the handle rather than parallel. They have been used since the Stone Age. Um, they're used for smoothing or carving wood and handworking or as a hoe. So think of it kind of like a long, thin hoe. Hmm. Or you can also use it in uh, like woodworking to chip. It's kind of like, um, what am I thinking of? Uh planing something so taking off the big big chunks of the rough edges so there you go Hmm. so the two basic forms are the hand adds or short hoe which would you would be using for those uh, the woodworking tool if you will and then the long one which would be more like um swinging with both hands and using it to strike at the foot or shin level or yeah doing some hoeing it's like okay this can we just use names that i know what the heck you're talking about but apparently i mean a tool like that isn't going to be used anymore you either use a hoe if you need one or a pickaxe when you need one you don't combine the tools and go i'm gonna go this way and then i'm gonna flip it yeah (laughs) but it would make it nice and interesting for these strange lovely right wounds yeah and I, mean, I am curious, tool, like, I guess. what, you know, there were different shapes. There was a triangle, there were stars, you know. It, it Whoever did this, they used multiple things to kill right. this family. And it's one of those things, did the pick side of that tool have a star shape? Is that mm-hmm. why they think that that is the tool that was used? Could be. And then um, the, the hoe side of it would be more like, yeah, big old big strikes right. probably uh, yeah very effective right so theories. theories um the family was they believe lured one by one into the barn 
Um, Maria was murdered on her first night at the house. So could she have been the target? But then again, she wasn't really... She wasn't brutalized as much. And the former maid actually, you know, left because of the strange happenings. Correct. So it may not even be related to her, but... We'll call it the red herring. It's just kind of one of those, (laughs) you know, she, she... it was it was first first night night. that's just kind of odd and i think she started there before i guess it was the first time that she spent the night because yeah depending on what your job is as a maid i mean she had her own life outside of here too right she probably worked days several days worked a couple overnights to help with xyz yeah um but yeah so was this a vendetta on the family because the groupers were not liked that whole you know there was a gossip uh mm-hmm. about them well why were they not liked there were some things about mr Gru. yeah no. i'll get into that next mr andreas so and also you know how long had the murderer lived in the house before killing them because yeah. if they were hearing you know these footsteps and if the paper and the paper all those the other key things. missing the yeah it's just several things that happened around that time and you wonder since they were kind of secluded how long before did they start having these problems because mm-hmm. the last maid left like a month or so previous yeah and if she had had some time to be concerned about it, that's a significant amount of time for somebody to be, you know. Yeah. Hanging out, watching, listening. Creepy. Well, I mean, and since the barn and the house should be attached, I mean, we didn't see an actual blueprint. We just saw the one picture that they took from 1922. Right. But um, you just sit there and you go, wow, there, there could be a lot of places to hide that you wouldn't find somebody necessarily. Right. Um. Yeah, anyhow, not to mention the straw or hay would be very, no, at the end of the, it'd be near the end of the season. So you'd think it'd be getting less and less. Right. Hmm. Uh, Yeah. Don't know. And even in some of the pictures, it doesn't look like they had a ton of hay. I mean, Mm -hmm. they had a a pile, but it was the end of the season. Yeah. Because they would have been using it all. Right. Winter. This is the end of the winter. You're just getting into the spring season. Yep. Hmm. So some of the suspects. Lawrence Schlittenbauer, the neighbor who, you know, discovered the bodies, um, he was rumored to be Joseph's father. Victoria had had a relationship with him. In fact, they were supposed to get married, but Andrea stepped in and didn't want that to happen. So Lawrence married, he married somebody else, but they lost a baby around this time and... He had also been unwilling to pay child support for Joseph, so there was definitely some... Yeah, it's like one of those, did he try to say it wasn't his kid, it was somebody else's? Yeah. And around this time when when the murders happened, he was very nonchalant. He was viewing and handling the bodies with no reaction. Which, I mean, this could also just be a lot of gossip because anybody who's worked on a farm for a long time, dealing with death when you have lots of animals. Now, it is obviously different when you're handling humans, but Mm -hmm. you also, you have... He's a farmer and World War One's already happened, so he could just be in a... Right. Yeah, okay. This is matter of fact, because that's the only way I can deal with this. Yeah. And I mean... I just feel like being he, devil's advocate on that one, because yeah. think about the situation at the time. He did know his way around a farm, though, so... He certainly did. You know, Because he it, lived on one. He also did have two sons, mm-hmm. and I think they would have noticed if he had been gone for a period of time. Yeah, so. like not done... Been gone during, like, chore time. Yeah. Because the cows know when they want to be milked, let right. me tell you. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so and you want to make sure you milk them when they're ready to be milked because then they don't make noise. Yeah, I think he he was kind of not a um, top of the list. Yeah, but he was definitely a suspect. There were some interactions with him and the family, obviously, and so he was he was one suspect. Um, Carl Gabriel. Yeah. So that is Victoria's husband. And, you know, there's the question of, did, did he, he really die? Yeah. 
Did he come back from the war, slay the family? Yep. We're talking 1914 to 1918. Just how good of records did they take? Yeah. Did he decide he wanted to start a new life and he told his friends to just tell everybody they saw his body? Because, I mean, seriously, what's the harm in that? Yeah. And, yeah, maybe he decided, I'm done with this other life that I've created for myself. I'm going to go back and find my wife. Oh, she's sleeping with another guy, has a baby from another guy. Mm-hmm. I don't like her pa- I don't like her parents living in my house. I don't know. I'm just throwing Could a lot of words out there. Num- yeah, and, I mean, there were... It would be highly unlikely today. Right. But... In then, that time frame, yeah. Um, but there were fellow soldiers who did attest to seeing his dead body so but his body was lost right correct (laughs) so it was lost was there really a body yeah (laughs) so he he definitely was a suspect and you know it definitely kind of fits the whole vendetta thing Mm -hmm. and so well and I don't remember seeing anything in all this about his family that's why that that whole thing about the family house how it's not common for me to think of now again world war one did happen maybe his entire family got killed in world war one for all i know but it's like well where's the rest of his family yes and all this i saw no mention no mention of family so and maybe it was that you know maybe his parents had already died i don't even know how old he was you know so he might have been older maybe his family was already dead and gone and maybe you know any siblings he had all died in the war too sure because there were it wasn't like saving private ryan here yeah (laughs) y'all yeah (laughs) you all go to war thank you Mm -hmm. bye so the other suspect is andreas yeah um there is a was it a murder suicide uh, that actually I don't know exactly how you would possible <laughs> <laughs> how do you swing that lovely mattox at yourself enough time yeah but um in 1915 uh, andreas and victoria were convicted of incest she spent one month in jail and he spent one year so there were also rumors that Joseph was Andreas's son. Yep. And several reports of abuse, abuse. Um, rumors of other children from Andreas and Katsia, but they didn't they survive didn't survive Andreas's abuse. abuse. And that's one of those things. So back then, uh, infant death, children dying is just yeah. not that uncommon. Right. And this is before we really had the tools we have today. Mm-hmm. You know, kid's dead. Okay, they live on a farm. Well, I just, you know, kid and died. I buried it. The family, you know, the family did stick to themselves. You didn't. So if there um, were kids that were born and they died and, you know, I mean. I mean, maybe, you know, uh the young their daughter had numerous other children besides Yosef here. Right. Yosef's just the one that lived. Right. So I don't know. There's so many different things don't that could happen really there. Know. And you know, like I said, based on the injuries, it's pretty <laughs> unlikely he would have been how able you, to kill them and kill himself. But how do you kill yourself with a pickaxe. Yeah. Think about that. I mean if you don't can't picture a Maddox, at least pick a come up with a pickaxe and go, I'm gonna kill myself with this thing. There'd maybe be one yeah yeah (laughs) you decide i'm gonna fall down on it with my eyeball i don't know right and you know the fact that they found the murder weapon somewhere else in the house too kind (laughs) of yeah (laughs) i mean it's kind of if you're gonna commit suicide with a pickaxe you kind of have to have it nearby uh i don't know it it doesn't he can't just get up and after he kills himself (laughs) and move it come on Seriously, he flung it up into the right. No, just yeah, like, nah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So another because they used the word of addict, and that could have also been like the hayloft for all we know. Yeah, they said attic of the barn. Right. Anyhow. So the Gump brothers in 1951, the brothers were investigated because Sister Crescencia Crescencia Meyer claimed on her deathbed that Adolf and Anton committed the murders. Um, Adolf was already dead and Anton was remanded, but no evidence of them committing the murders. Now, there was some reports of seeing two men traveling in the area. So I think this is kind of where 
they could have potentially been the suspects for this murder. Um, but, uh, at, you know, there was only one set of footprints in the snow. So, and I don't back know. then, I don't think they would have been so conscious to walk in each other's tracks. Right. Again, <laughs> like 1922 here, we aren't, unless, I don't know, were they trackers? Yeah. And apparently in. 1922 Adolf was initially suspected because he was partaking in a killing of nine peasants I just love the word peasants yeah peasant so I don't know what that was about yeah there's there's no little trail to go down there right and Anton was eventually cleared so I don't think it was them but yeah yeah. who knows Anton and Adolf they did it and the last one is Paul Mueller. I don't mm. know if that sounds familiar at all, but... Uh, we may have talked about him before. Yeah, in the uh, Valeska Axe murders. murders. And here we go with a thing that resembles an axe. Yes, so some similarities to other murders that he's been suspected in. Um, no proof, though, that he was in Germany at that time. But again, I don't know what exactly they used for records. Things were easier to falsify Correct. in the 20s. Plus, World War II happened and lots of records go bye-bye. Right. And so here's a little more craziness. <laughs> oh, gosh. Here we go. So the skulls were removed from the bodies and sent to Munich for examination. By clairvoyance. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love this. I, like, yeah, I'm going to take, why, why would you take just the skull? I, this is just so freaking weird. It really is weird. And it's kind of like, um, it's one thing to take the skulls to like, check the tool marks. Sure. That's, that Forensics. sounds legitimate. Yeah. Do some but no, sa- in the 20s, it was, we're going to do a seance on the, yeah. On only the heads. I want to know who asked for only the heads. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, you, honey, come over here. <laughs> and, and no f- metaphysical clues came out of that. I know um, you're all shocked about this. Yeah. I actually wanted to see some metaphysical clues. What would they be? <laughs> what? Maybe that's what we should look up next. Yes. What exactly do, did they think clairvoyance could do in the 20s? Yeah. Um, so in 1923, the farm was demolished and the family was buried without their skulls. <laughs> I'm now going to that lovely movie. <laughs> Fido. I love Fido. In the head and not the chest. Headshots are the, the very best. best. <laughs> if half the world turns into zombies the only way to make sure that when you die you don't become a zombie is to chop off your head yes. and have a separate burial for your head <laughs> you must have a head box i'm sorry <laughs> just i shouldn't be laughing but at the same time this yeah. is just so weird and guess what happened world They're war ii did <laughs> skulls are lost they lost them somehow yeah well i mean Oh, a war is pretty uh, yeah. chaotic and thinking um, probably those who were in investigative positions back then were pr- probably got their jobs through connections, not through their ability to do things. True. And they probably were all um, indoctrinated into the Nazi party. So, and yeah. Well, and you know, the clairvoyance, <laughs> with the, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they decide to keep the skulls for. I don't know. Maybe someday. Something. Maybe that skull that you see at Madame, I don't know, throwing a name here, Gabriela's <laughs> um, seance room is really one of these family members. <laughs> Sorry. You never know. And all the initial evidence was also lost, which Correct. again is not much of a shocker World right. War II. Yeah. Um, I actually was trying to do some research into, and I ended up down a, pre- there was a pretty long hole, uh, rabbit hole to go into if you're trying to look for evidence lost during World War II. And I am being licked by a dog. <laughs> Dylan, come here. <laughs> come here. I do not want my legs licked. Oh, I know. Very strange. Um, I'm going to need to wash my legs because I'm allergic to your saliva, buddy. Anyhow. 
back to the whole evidence lost during World War II. When I Googled that, I got lots back, but the vast majority of them were with regard to the Holocaust and looking for evidence of things that happened during war, like war crimes of other sorts, uh, or just trying to figure out what actually happened in this battle because, you know, not the right people survived, not enough people survived and they didn't have a good accounting. Sure. Tons of interesting programs. If this is what you like, go to the History Channel, Amazon, uh, and Apple TV. They have lots and lots of shows. Um, I didn't see so much about what happened to police stations, but I'm thinking, again, it's another one of those. Maybe I just need to search the German Google for it Mm. um, because it's just not coming back. What do you think Americans are typically looking for when they're trying to look for history in Germany? And I did see that um, apparently one of the colleges did investigate the this case, yep. and I, I don't remember what year it was, but it was fairly recently. Well, I had in 2007, the Munich Police Academy okay. also studied the case, okay. but they couldn't drum up any new leads, yeah. and it's been a really long time. My grandmother was born in 1923, well, and she's the, passed. The one re- article I read, it kind of said... There may have been some DNA evidence that they found, but because the family members were deceased, they didn't want to, I guess, hurt the living family family family. kind of thing. Do you want to find out that grandpa was really a murderer? Yeah. I mean, Uh, yeah. That is interesting because they've they've had discussions about that in some cold case files I've Mm -hmm. watched here in the States. And they go ahead and just, obviously you can't, find somebody guilty right after they're dead um because there's no due process for a dead person right um but yeah it can give peace to the living but i guess in this case there's no living to give peace right. to so that family line is dead right um i mean unless there are extra family members we just didn't know about but that whole discussion about like um you know the them being just so in on themselves yeah. and the well, abuse that is so, so that common makes with you abusers. wonder too now did andreas and katsilia or andreas and um victoria have More another children. child and maybe that child was older and maybe that child was hidden away in the attic and maybe this sounds like a bronte book killed <laughs> The, the family? whole family. I mean, you'd never know. Because back then, back, this is back when you didn't talk about your secrets. Well, and you didn't have birth records. You didn't no. have. They were born on the farm. Right. I mean, it's just, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. I thought of that one too. And I was like, I didn't end up throwing it in there. But yeah, totally. Yeah. Go into how many different movies and old books and stuff went around the the crazy family member that they kept locked away. Yes. That is totally a Bronte book. It, 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 <laughs> and it's possible. I mean, if you really think about it, it mm-hmm. is possible, especially with this family and kind of some of the or things that were going on. Andreas's crazy brother or yeah. Celia's crazy sister or just anything I mean, right. you would go with guy because of strength yeah but if you've seen a woman working on a farm let me tell you we can have some strength there yeah <laughs> yeah but um yeah but how and how would you lure people one by one and how do you right it because you know they say that and i'm like did they really lure people one by one or did they not have the ability to truly recognize um binding mm-hmm. uh, you know they could have the pen knife could have been used to uh, keep everybody still. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to cut her if you get too close. And everybody mm-hmm. hang out. That's You can control people through yeah. threats. Or, you know, and it could be that, like, one of them went out to the barn, was working in the barn, they got killed, and then somebody (laughs) went looking for them, or somebody else went out to the barn. Andreas has been gone for an hour. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say because if you think about working on a farm, too, everybody's busy. They're doing things. You're not paying attention to. You're talking, you know, somebody's probably working on food at any given time right. because it's not like you're going to pop something in a microwave in 1922. Right. And all the, they're, yes, they had assistive machines and stuff. And I'm wondering if it was like a thresher or something that they were, I can't remember what it said, but it, the, the uh, machine that they said he was fin- uh, fixing the engine on, it was like a, uh, 
how did it say like pummeler of of like vegetation i'm like the thresher (laughs) (laughs) maybe but for grain yeah to get the grain to come out yeah but yeah i don't know it it sounded funny i can't remember the words it used but i laughed out loud (laughs) and said i'm not writing that down Yeah. Oh, I could have. It would have been entertaining. Yeah. Like my other, okay, give us na- we're Maddox. What the heck? Yeah. I know it as a name. Yeah. Not as a tool. Right. So that is Hinterkaifeck mi- mystery. And I don't think we'll ever know what really happened. It's but. been a hundred years and lo- and uh, World War and all sorts of stuff has happened yeah. since. You raise the barn a year later, there goes a lot of... So, the barn is gone, um, but they do have a gravestone in that area, as well as there's like a little memorial on the land. they have the bodies, just no heads. Just no heads. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna go right back to Fido again. It's an awesome, it's hilarious Yes, if you haven't seen Fido, go watch it, because that is is one of the best zombie movies. I can't think of the name of the zombie. He's a Scottish uh, comedian. Yeah, uh, Billy... Billy, yeah, something. Uh, But, and um, Carrie-Anne Moss is in it. Think of Matrix. Yeah, really good. It's hilarious. I love that movie. (laughs) Yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow. So thank you for listening to us. As always, we we appreciate um, our listeners very much, and yes. um, really uh, appreciate all the suggestions. This oh has yeah, been fun. This is fun to not just go off of things that we see or paying right. attention to. It's like, oh well, let me see what I can find out about, about this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, who knew there were two ver- murders and Viola? Who knew about... Right. Yeah. And that other one's like, come on. The last one we did, okay, what murder show hasn't reached out to this one? Yes. Because that one had all the cool stuff in it. We right. We had, you know, lying, cheating. <laughs> uh, we had adultery. We have all the stuff. Threesome. Prostitution. <laughs> threesomes. Come on. Yeah. That one definitely should... And animals. Should be a show. I mean, come <laughs> on. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for listening to us. Um, you know, again, our little tagline <laughs> of thank you for listening to nothing, nothing happens in a, in a small, small town. town where things do happen. And small towns are not the quiet, quaint places you think they are. Our <laughs> Patreon page is www.patreon.com slash nothing, nothing happens, happens in, in a small, small town. town. Instagram username profile is <laughs> nothing happens in a small town. town. Twitter, nothing happens in, in a small, small town, at N-H-I-A-S-T. Facebook page is nothing, nothing happens in a small town, town at N-H-I-A-S-T 2021. 2021. And our Gmail is nothing happens in a small town at gmail.com. You may have seen, you know, a, a common thread here. Yeah, just a little one. <laughs> just a little one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you all for listening and have a great day. Bye.